Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast, your number one spot to get mentoring, guidance, and behind the scene learnings to help you understand what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale your packaged food or beverage business. On the show, you'll hear from food founders at various stages of growth, and you'll hear from me and my 14 years of packaged food and beverage experience. Each episode is packed with insights, inspiration, and learning to help you on your food business journey. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Before we jump into today's show, I want to thank our sponsor, the Food Brands That Sell program. Food Brands That Sell is a six-week deep dive into the CPG industry and teaches you how to win within that industry by creating a brand that you, retailers, and consumers love. Here's what a recent alumni had to say about the program. I am so grateful that I chose to do Food Brands That Sell. I learned so much about myself, my journey, and my company. These six weeks changed how I'm doing my business, and I can see the difference already. I no longer feel alone. If you aren't already on the waitlist, hop on over to foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com or grab the link below to make sure that you are first to know when the program is accepting new students. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Today, I am excited to be speaking with Kaylee Donwald from Sacred Serve Ice Cream, one of my favorite foods out there, ice cream, clearly, same with many of you, and Kaylee's shaking up the industry there. So Kaylee, welcome to this show. Thank you so much for having me. For anyone who doesn't know Sacred Serve Ice Cream, can you dive in and talk to us about what exactly your company is all about? Yeah, absolutely. So we make a plant-based line of gelato that's really designed to bring function into the frozen indulgent category. And what that really means is each one of our ingredients is chosen first and foremost for its health-promoting properties. So what we're really giving you is this nice indulgent treat, but alongside really powerful plant-based nutrition. Okay. You, you've brought health to ice cream, two things that don't always go together. What led you to want to merge these two worlds? Yeah. So, you know, growing up, I suffered really severe cases of both asthma and allergies and saw a ton of doctors and specialists. And all of them told me that, you know, I was just born with these conditions and would need to rely on medicine for the rest of my life. Uh, but then when I was 25 years old, I was on sabbatical abroad and I, I did a two week raw food cleanse. So really just eating fresh fruits and vegetables. And within that short amount of time, my body completely healed itself of both of those conditions without any medication. And so really what that taught me in that moment was, of course, not only was I not born with these conditions, but actually just by changing my diet, my body was able to heal itself. So it had really been the food I was eating my whole life that was kind of keeping me so sick. And I hadn't really not even realized that, you know, I wasn't ever connecting my food choices with, you know, things like asthma and allergies or even anxiety and depression. So I think that was a big turning point for me to really look at our food and and the different categories and, and what we might be able to do there. Was your mind blown at this point? And you're like, okay, I, I'm like immediately switching over my diet or did it take some time for you to make that full connection and to decide to 
kind of stick with that way of eating ongoingly in the future? Yeah, it's a good question. So that was definitely the time that I changed everything. Um, But leading up to that, I think I had a couple kind of run ins with nutrition where it was, you know, like, for example, I think a couple years prior to that, I was in New York on a project with work, and it was extremely stressful to me and stress is never really that rational. But for whatever reason, like I was so anxious and just really unwell at work and really unhappy. And for whatever reason, decided to do like, a five-day juice fast, which was something that was kind of popular at that time. And so I I did this five-day juice fast where you're just really drinking like seven juices a day. And on the third day of that, I just vividly remember walking into work, the same job, nothing has had changed. And I sat down at my computer and just felt this overwhelming sense of calm and and very rational thinking. Like I have 12 hours to finish this work. A manager is going to check it. It's not a big deal. Like you're going to be fine. This isn't the end of the world and was able to kind of complete my work. But it was very interesting to see that just by shifting what I was eating and how I was eating had such a profound impact on my mental capacity at that time. So you know, I didn't stick with nutrition after that. Um, but it's definitely something I remember. But certainly this this juice, you know, fast, the two week one in Bali was when I felt healed from asthma, really the biggest thing for me. And just I've got to stick with this and learn a lot more around what's behind this. I love that. I think there's such an amazing connection between food and our bodies as as you have seen and so many people have seen firsthand. And I guess when we experience that for the first time, it is it is like this aha clarity moment, which is so powerful. And yeah. and you decided to not just, you know, have that experience for yourself, but you decided to then create a product and take that to the world. What led yeah. <laughs> to that? Because a lot of yeah. people could have just been like, okay, great. I've healed myself. I'm going to keep right. going. Yeah. You decided to shake up the ice cream aisle like, What led to that? (laughs) Yeah, I think, you know, when this happened in Bali, I felt very motivated because it almost like I felt lied to. So I was thinking like I've spent all this money seeing all these doctors. I even had surgery on my nose and throat to try and solve some of these issues and just ended up feeling like, not once did someone ask about my diet. So what in this larger system is kind of broken here, both between the food system, the food that's being offered to consumers, and then the medical system that's not talking about food and just talking about medications. So I think, yeah, I was a little jaded um, feeling like I had gone through this system that didn't necessarily take care of me. And so I went back to school for nutrition to learn as much as I possibly could, and then really did have the goal of empowering more people to heal themselves because I really felt like this took two weeks. It was cheap. I didn't rely on any medicine and completely healed the root cause of this. And so if more people can go through that kind of transformational healing, you know, it just totally changed my life. So yeah, I went back to school for nutrition. I actually became a health coach for about a year and a half and really just worked one-on-one with people to do the same thing that I did, but ultimately felt like one hour of my time working one hour with someone else while it was having a great impact wasn't enough. I felt like this information is so important to share. And so that's when I started to turn my eyes on, could I create a product that could carry a mission very similar to this uh, and just go a lot farther and wider than I ever could. And so that's where the idea for this ice cream product came up. Got it. Got it. I love that. And that makes so much sense. You want it when you have this like information that is so powerful. You're like, 
I need to get it to as many right. people as possible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a great way absolutely to do that. Okay. Ice cream, not necessarily the easiest product to work with in some cases. Talk to me about the process of bringing this to life and what were some of the unforeseen challenges that you experienced trying to bring this better for you, really nutrient dense ice cream to life for people? Yeah, it's definitely been a journey. And I think I very much underestimated the challenges involved with a frozen product. So that is definitely the first, you know, point to make there. But really, you know, I I think I wanted to look at the most dairy sugar laden category there was, of course, and prove that we could do it in this nutrient dense way. But when I was living in Bali was when I discovered this ingredient that we use as the base for all of our flavors, which is young coconut meat. And so that is traditionally or nutritionally very different than coconut milk, which is what most kind of non-dairy ice cream companies will use. And so the, the secret sauce of this young coconut meat, so it comes from the same green coconuts that give you coconut water. But if you kind of scrape the inside of those shells, there's this little pulp. And so it's packed with fiber, all five essential electrolytes, and a ton of these vitamins and minerals. Plus, it gives us this really kind of rich and creamy texture without having to rely on different gums and stabilizers. So just really cool ingredient all around. But it was living in Bali where I was seeing chefs work with it in different ways and started to really think, like, why is no one doing anything with this back in the States? And they were doing, you know, everything from curries and sauces to spiralizing it into noodles. And so I really just felt like there's got to be something here that, you know, we can make certainly a base recipe from this. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. It's so interesting when you're traveling, you see how other people are using ingredients and it kind of sparks like, why are we doing this? Like if it's everywhere here, you know, why is it not back (laughs) in America? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that was a fun first step. And your packaging is also quite different than a lot of others in the industry. Uh, It's not in a typical tub. Uh, I know you've been working on some sustainable packaging. Can you talk about, about that a little bit and what led you to like not only create a totally different type of ice cream for people... Yeah. but a different packaging for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think coming into it. So when I started the company was when I first even learned or realized that all the ice cream pints on the market right now are not recyclable. And so it's confusing to most consumers because it looks like it's just paperboard, but there's actually this plastic lining on the inside that prevents it from leaking. Um, and when you have that paper and plastic together, you can't recycle that. So that was a tough one for me to learn and think about, you know, creating this product that is so good for our bodies. How could I put it in something that's so harmful for the planet? That's a hard conversation to be having. So, you know, I also knew our product was going to be a little bit more expensive just based on the quality of ingredients and the scale that we were at at that time. And so I felt like I need to come to market with something that is different and unique and kind of gives the consumer every touch point of feeling like this is something totally different and I need to look at it in such a way. So yeah, you know, we found these takeout style boxes originally, and my hope was to get them to be sustainable or recyclable in some way. But four years ago, I just, I couldn't find the technology that existed there. But luckily over the last couple months, we have found the right supplier and the technology has recently been developed where we've just launched the first 100% plastic free 
ice cream cartons. So we were the first to do that in the whole category here in the US. But it's really exciting because now they are fully recyclable, compostable and biodegradable right at home. So really proving that this category can do that despite history. (laughs) That is awesome. Like that is so great that you were on that mission for that. And you really just pushed forward to bring it to life. Congratulations on being the first to market (laughs) with like bringing that. And, and at the same time, thank you because you're setting an example for (laughs) other people that it can be done. And, you know, we see this so often with small businesses and emerging businesses They set the precedent because they're listening to consumers and what they want and they're more connected in. And then eventually those bigger players come on board too and see that that can be done. And and it's really refreshing to know that people are pushing forward to do what's right by our body and by our planet. Yep, exactly. Okay, that could not have been an easy feat. (laughs) Right, yeah. What kept you going throughout all that? (laughs) You know, I think that... I realize I've had to hone my patience with this business. Absolutely. And so never losing sight of what our end goal is, is just what this whole game is. So, you know, we were fortunately connected with a new team that had these capabilities, but yeah, really perseverance and fighting. And it's tough when you're an emerging brand because the volumes you're running are so low compared to some of these larger longstanding companies. And so it's hard for people to want to work with you. You know, it's hard to get people to listen to an idea. I think every founder has that story of just no one would work with me. No one believed in the idea. No one thought it was possible. So I think more than anything, we've just been really fortunate with the partners that we've found who have been willing to work with us at the scale that we are and the ideas that we have. Mm, Yeah. That makes such a huge difference having those right partners on board. Yeah. What's been one of the best things that you've done for the growth of your company? That's a good question. Probably hire our head of operations. Mm. Um, You know, starting out, I was a solo founder, which can be good and bad. And I think you can talk to co-founders and they wish they were a solo founder and vice versa. Um, But, you know, it definitely takes longer to build when you're just doing it yourself. And so um, it's it's definitely hard for me to release control in certain areas. But, um, you know, the best thing was kind of duplicating myself and getting our head of ops in there um, to really run the manufacturing and logistical side of the business, which for the first two and a half years was the bulk of what I was doing. So it was hard to really focus on growth. Are you co-packed right now? Do you have your own facility? What does that look like? Yeah, we have our own facility. So we have about 2,500 square foot facility down on the south side of Chicago, where we have both our production space as well as kind of our pack out logistics and office. So we've been there for about three years and we love it. It's called The Plant. Um, and it's really this sustainable building that has a bunch of different food businesses in there and everyone's really working together um, towards a closed loop model. So, you know, using each other's resources and waste system. So it's, yeah, a very cool sustainability minded building. And we're really grateful to be there. That's awesome. I was looking at them actually, because I, I know you talk about them on your website and I was like, this yeah. is fantastic. Like, We need more places like this. And it, right. it makes so much sense that you are there. Like, you know, the more I know about the brand and the more that we're chatting, like it is so evident that this is not for uh, optics. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hate to say that, but there yeah. are some food companies out there that are doing things for optics, but this is truly like built within the DNA of you and the company in terms of we want to be sustainable. We want to do what the right thing is for the body, for the planet, for everyone around. And that is, 
is very evident in all the decisions that you have made for the company. Right. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Is that something just that just comes naturally to you? Or is it your purpose that keeps you focused in on that? I know you didn't like you came from a totally different world and then you kind of had your eyes open when, mm-hmm. during this health experience and deciding to bring this to life. Was that always kind of part of your DNA or did that come to life a little bit more once you had a deep mission within you that you knew you wanted to solve with a product? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it was later in life. Absolutely. Um, I think that there was always actually a drive to be an entrepreneur. But in terms of the mission, I think that that took and purpose a little bit longer to find. And I think, you know, when I was still working in consulting, so I worked in consulting for about six years before starting this company, I I vividly remember sitting down and thinking, you know, this is not what I want to be doing for my life. I don't feel called to do this long term, but I have virtually no idea what else I might want to do. And I think a lot of people feel that way and it's kind of overwhelming, but that was about the time that I got a call from my roommate and she was saying, you know, she was doing this around the world trip and she was kind of like, I'm going to stop off in India and do this teacher training, yoga teacher training. And I know you're really big into yoga. Would you want to join me for that month and a half program? And so that was when I just said yes to that because I knew that that was such a different experience than anything I had gone through in the past and traveling always seems to light something up within me. And so that really was the first piece of this whole journey of kind of piecing everything together. But yeah, it was definitely saying yes to something that mm-hmm. could kind of launch into the unknown of, of finding a purpose through that. It can be a really tough thing to do for a lot of people, you know, to like listen to that inner voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just says, heck, let's, let's say yes to this. Let's try it out. Especially, you know, it sounds like you're in a, you're in a high pressure job and it can be really difficult to like want to step out from that and actually, you know, take that leap forward and be able to right. do it. You talk about yoga being a part of your kind of way of being beforehand. Is that still part of your practice? And And what other types of practices do you have in place to keep you centered as you are running this rapidly growing company that's on an incredible mission? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Yoga is still a big piece of my life and uh, some other kind of just alternative therapies like that. So I think spending a lot of time um, in India and Indonesia, you can pick up a lot of these different things. So um, I was chatting yesterday, reflexology is a big piece of what um, is a constant in my life that I think is really helpful from a stress reduction standpoint, as well as just overall health. And then also lately, I've been doing infrared sauna sessions. So that's another thing that I see really tremendous health benefits from, and it's kind of this stress reliever. So for me, I guess the the bulk of what I'm trying to do is manage my stress because Mm -hmm. it's always just an overwhelming scenario to be in. And um, I, I really notice that if I'm eating right and, you know, getting sun and exercise and doing some of those things that dealing with stress is so much easier. And so, yeah, it's all just very related. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. What, what is one thing that you know now in your company that you wish you knew kind of earlier on as you started on the journey? Wow. Really good question. Um, you know, I think that early on, I had a model thinking that we could kind of disrupt a lot of different systems in terms of our distribution and the way we were selling into stores. Um, 
But what I have found is just having a frozen product, you do kind of have to follow the existing channels that are already set out for you. It's just, it's really hard to go upstream again in a lot of different, we're already doing it with the product, the packaging, you know, all these things. So yeah, I would say that I would have been a little bit quicker to kind of onboard into some of these existing channels instead of trying to create a new all over the place. But that and, and really patience, I think, and belief in the mission because it's really easy to see other companies moving faster or bigger or doing things differently and start to question if you're doing it right or all of that. But, you know, just remaining really focused in our own space and going at our own pace has proven to be really fruitful so far. So, you know, time will come. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been at, how long have you been at it now? About three and a half years. Oh, so it's still like so new. So, so new. <laughs> like <laughs> when you think about what you've done in that period of time though, like, oh my gosh, like, right. like seriously, you should be so proud about everything that you've done and the examples that you've been able to set for people within that short period of time. Other people are probably looking at you being like, oh my gosh, look what they've done in this period of time. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It's another really good reminder that you're always looking at other people and some people are looking at you. So, you exactly. know, just, just that reminder of where we are today is where I would have killed to be two years ago. So to kind of sit with that too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And where, where can people find you? Where are some of your main distribution points right now? Um, can people order from you online? Where can they get their hands on sacred serve ice cream? Yeah. So we have shipping um, available on our website and then we have Whole Foods accounts here in the Midwest. Um, Earth Fair and Air One are some of our other larger stores, but we have a great store locator on our website, sacredserve.com. And so if it's not available near you, we can also ship. Um, okay. I got to ask about that piece, the shipping online with ice yeah. cream. How on earth did you manage that? Right. It's definitely challenging. And I think more than anything, it's the biggest piece is just working out the pricing of it. Because for example, we have to ship two day air um, to make sure that it arrives within two days. We pack it with dry ice, which means we then need an insulated cooler to make sure that it stays cold. And ice cream is really unique in that once it starts to melt and is refrozen, the texture gets messed up. And so, you know, there's a lot of frozen things that can be like smoothies. You can ship those and they can slightly melt and be totally fine. But ice cream is just so specific in that way. Um, so, you know, it's very expensive. It's usually about $100 without the product just to send a box with the dry ice and the packaging and all of that. So, um, yeah, it's a very tricky scenario to work out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know so many of the food vendors I chat with, that's their one of their biggest pieces is like, yeah, it's got a frozen product. Like this is not yeah. an easy piece to do at all, but right. um, definitely can be done. It's just a lot of logistics and figuring out the pricing, right? Yep, exactly. Exactly. I'm always just so jealous of my friends who have companies with shelf stable products and they're just throwing it in their cars and handing out samples. I like had to get a minivan that has like a cooler built into it. So uh, it's not so easy. <laughs> Just as we wrap it up, uh, if anyone is out there right now in those early phases of their business or maybe thinking about launching for the first time, what's what's a piece of advice that you could share with them? 
Yeah. I always say, try and find a mentor, someone from the space that has kind of done what you're looking to do already and has been successful. I think I was working for about a year and a half, two years on this before we picked up advisors. And that has really made all the difference, both from a knowledge perspective, as well as a confidence perspective. Um, That has really, yeah, been a game changer for us to really open up a network a lot further than I had myself. Yeah. That can make you go a lot further faster for sure. Kaylee, thank you so much for popping on today and talking about Sacred Serve Ice Cream. Uh, And thank you, seriously, for shaking up this industry in so many different ways. It is founders like you that help pave the way to a better food future that we all want to have and make it possible for people to feel good about what goes in their body and what we're doing for the planet. And Heck, enjoy some ice cream while we're at it too. Like sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Cool. Thank you so much, Kaylee. Thank you so much for having me. That's it for this week, food friend. Thanks for tuning in. If the show helped you in any way, please go ahead and leave a rating or review of the show below. I also want to thank our sponsor one more time, the Food Brands That Sell program, the program to transform how you navigate the CPG industry and ultimately sets you up for success within it. Go ahead and get yourself on the waitlist using the link below, or you can put yourself on the waitlist at foodbrands.sellwaitlist.com. Catch you next time, food friend.